Right, you would have seen, there's been a lot of talk with the NRL the other weekend. The players covered up the logo on their jerseys. They used their uh, strapping tape to mm-hmm. do so. I think Manly might have forgotten to do it, but they, they were still in on it. Um, and then none of the players have been talking during the game. State of Origin is when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all because they're trying to come to uh, an agreement with the NRL uh, between the Players Association and from what I understand, we're going to talk to the CEO of the Rugby League Players Association. From what I understand is it's similar to what's happening with the actors' strike is huh. they're trying to get better pay for the lower-paid players who go into Rugby League. I think some of the like entry-level players are getting $60,000 a year, right. um, which is a lot for what they're doing to their bodies. And they're mm. saying, well, a lot of these players could be off on the tools, earning more money. Mm. Uh, Clint Newton is the CEO of the Players Association. I'm sure it's a little bit more in-depth than that, mate. Um, thanks for your time this morning. No worries. Thanks for having me. So we're talking about the logos and the you know the media ban. Do you feel like it's been effective or is the NRL still not talking to you? Oh, well, the reality is that we were finding incredibly difficult to get our, um, our messages out there and our stories out there because, um, because players were getting blocked. Uh, for their voice so basically the players took the action to shine a big light on what the issues are and we've probably had more media coverage in the last um, six weeks uh, than we have for the last 18 months so uh, it certainly has um, put it into the public domain the public are much more aware about a number of things that the players are fighting for and uh, we wish we didn't have to do this and the players didn't have to take this type of action but sometimes you've got to stand firm on the things you believe in and it certainly worked in our view. There doesn't seem to be a lot of chat between you guys and the NRL. Is there any um, thoughts that this might escalate to not, not taking the field? Oh, look, I think it would be a disaster if, if the game uh, and in the leadership of the game in, in the chair and the commission um, allowed that to happen. We want to get back to the table. I mean, it's, it's that simple. It, you, you can't get an agreement if one party's refusing to come back to the table unless they dictate the terms in which you return to the table. Mm. So we've we've said that we want an industrial relations mediator and an expert that's in industrial relations and employment law because that's what a lot of these things are, the outstanding items, uh, but they refuse to do it. Um, and the NRL have uh, said that they want to sideline their CEO. And, and again, if that's what they want to do, that's, that's their choice. Um, but to save face, they can't then dictate terms who negotiates on behalf of players. So can you... Tell us exactly, uh, f- for people who are just watching it from the outside, if, yeah. to make it all stop today, what are the exact things that the NRL have to give you to stop it? Yeah, sure. I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's pretty basic when you, when you come down to it. I mean, we want the NRL to comply with, um, with privacy and data laws in the country. You wouldn't think that would be that hard. Mm. Uh, we want uh, procedural na- and um, procedural fairness and natural justice when it comes to uh, management of integrity-related issues. We want agreement yeah, rights so that's like when increasing people, workload. Um, get, uh, so because there's the uh, stand uh, no-fault stand-down policy um, that's going on. You've seen that kind of thing, like if a player gets arrested no. for something or...? No, that's not in dispute. It's just around the the informa- or the the players being afforded the right to to have a representation with them and okay. letting us know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, access to financial information. So if the game takes cuts or loses money like they did a few years ago with COVID, we need to have access to the financial information to ensure that players are fairly 
going backwards. Now, again, that's a right of the employee, particularly the labour, that if you're going to take cuts, mm. you have to have access to financial information. Again, it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, agreement over the increase of workload, particularly given the rise of the issues um, around head trauma and impact, yeah. um, uh, that we shouldn't be put players being put in a position without having agreement rights over increasing their work obligations. Like, again, these are basic and fundamental rights that are afforded to everyone in the country. Um, and again, look no further than the Matildas right now. Mm. If they didn't take action in 2015 for standing up for what they believe in and the rights that they are now afforded, there is no way that uh, that team would have got to where it is today. And they are an incredibly strong team, which you've seen over multiple years, um, and it's because they stand firm, they stood firm. When do you see it possibly ending? Who knows? Um, <laughs> you, are, um, yeah, you can ask the NRL about that. I yeah. mean, again, um, we received correspondence uh, at the back end of last week um, to, again, uh, tell us that they only want to return to the table on their terms. We're saying, hang on, every other industry in this country solves disputes with an industrial relations mediator, yet the NRL seem hell-bent on being above every other industry in this country um, and stating the fact that it's way too complex and that they couldn't come in and solve it. But I think that is discrediting the, the quality of people that are out there that would be able to help us solve this. Challenge them to a winner-takes-all match. Golden <laughs> <laughs> points, <laughs> doll. What, you choose your <laughs> fantasy team? Yeah. Who, who would you choose here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to challenge them on a few different things. Yeah, I, don't know, I, feel like, I feel like I want to be at this table, oh, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, so, one of, it's one of those things. Look, you can look from it from the outside, and I think a lot of people, it's 50-50, especially from the fans. They're looking at it going, well, these blokes get paid a lot of money, and blah, blah, blah. Not everyone does in the game, so that's, you know, that's one thing to take into account. But... It's like anyone as a job. When you're in your job, no matter the job, you want to get paid fairly. You want a cut of whatever your company's making. And like we had through COVID, people took cuts, but no one really knew how much money was lost and, and how much you were meant to take. You know, We've got to remove the secrecy behind all workplaces so that people feel like they're being um, treated fairly in their workplace. Well- I think you've, you've nailed it. I mean, do we want a partnership or do we want a dictatorship here? Mm. I mean, again, CBAs and, and EBAs in every other workplace, they are fundamental in assisting and supporting a better relationship and fostering, um, hopefully, a relationship that's underpinned by trust and transparency. Now, why would you not want to give the players access to various things that they should be afforded to, particularly if it results in taking pay cuts? Mm. Why would you not want them to be a part of some of the, the strategic objectives of the game to help move it forward? Again, they're not pawns. They are they're people um, that play a, um, <laughs> an essential role in driving the game forward. This, isn't, this hasn't been about pay since December last year. Um, th that was solved in December. This is about basic and fundamental employment rights. Um, and again, money's money. That's not in dispute. Rights are rights. For too long in this country, sport and athletes have had to trade off rights for money.